You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you, patrons, including John M., who recently upped his pledge, as well as Gavin Driver, Luke Plasmeyer, lots and lots of other people, as well as everyone joining us live in our chat room in Discord right now, including Charlotte and John. Luke's here as well. Mike, Nick. Uh, pangolin sandwich and everyone else thank you however you support us and you can get our patreon exclusive extra message which is a weekly sister show we do for patrons exclusively and that is available at patreon.com forward slash uk tech ian i want to start by talking about things that have two wheels on them would you like to think about what that is um is it uh heelys you know the trainers with built-in roller skates no, although I've never understood how they are somehow street legal and electric scooters aren't. I mean, why would you put wheels underneath a five-year-old girl next to a road? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? It's scooters, electric scooters, because the government has said new laws could see people using electric scooters on UK roads as soon as June. Uh, that's because there's an update... Uh, to the rules, which has been announced as uh, something of a result, I think, of the coronavirus-related efforts to get people moving, but without cramming them onto public transport. And the government said as part of this uh, review, e-scooter trials will be brought forward to June when they were meant to start uh, only next year. So this is a huge uh, boon for the e-scooter evangelists of the world, of which I am one with a caveat, and I'll come to that. Um, so originally, these trials were supposed to take place in four zones. They were called future transport zones, and this was going to be a very limited number of places next year where people could try out scooters and, and, and the government was going to learn from that uh, experience. But now, any locale in the UK can start trialling rentals. The government said it wants to assess the benefits as well as their impact on public space and transportation and all those sorts of things, uh, but with the potential of rental vehicles being on UK roads as early still as next month. So this is being massively expedited. So two things about this. Um, Ian, I want to come to yours first so we can balance out the conversation. And then I'm going to give two points, a pro and a very rare against uh, in terms of e-scooters from my mouth. But what what is your initial take on this? Um, I I remain broadly positive about it. Um, I think that making them legal on the roads uh, will mean that people on them will use the roads rather than uh, sort of doing what they do now, which is kind of bluffing it and being on the pavement. Um, and I think I think that's the biggest risk. I don't I don't I'm not so concerned with people being and this applies mostly to London because it's where I have most of my experience. I don't know how this will work in other cities that are maybe faster moving, but London is very slow. It would be very, very difficult. I mean, not difficult. It would be quite easy for someone to get knocked off a scooter, but it would be it's not, never going to be a high speed impact. Uh, so London, I feel, is an ideal place. Everything moves at a very slow pace. It seems perfectly reasonable to have bikes and scooters coexisting on the roads. They can probably broadly move at the roughly the same speed in some circumstances, depending on the speed of the cyclist and the particular scooter. But I really can't see a problem with it. I can't see why it was ever a problem in the first place. Uh, I feel like these things should be legal until such time as there's a reason for them to be illegal. Um, and so I'm, I'm I'm for it. And I think, you know, anything that helps people, especially now, we're being told that we can't use public transport, but we should go back to work if we're needed in the office, um, makes perfect sense. People won't be so, so reliant on the tube. 
or buses if they're able to just get on a scooter and scoot to work. So yeah, it's come at a good time. It's a good idea. I have no problem with it. Okay, well, so I have a history of being something of an evangelist for e-scooters. I do own uh, a couple myself. And normally, I am very much in favour of any change to legislation that allows them to go on roads. Because like you, I think if used safely, they can be a great form of transport, particularly for people who are traveling to and from meetings, which I have to do a lot as part of my job, because cycling does make you a bit sweaty. And if you don't have access to showers or change of clothes or something like that, particularly in the summer months, then um, it, it it's not necessarily it's the most... Ple- yeah, it's just not super, super pleasant. And, and scooters are a, a nice alternative for that reason. Um, they are also quick, but they can be speed limited. So the companies that uh, put these on the streets, that's companies like Bird and Lime and Voy and Tear and others, they can and do limit them based on local requirements. So now, quick question. Be- Is there anything yes. in the legislation that uh, has a speed requirement for these things? Well, it hasn't been outlined yet, but I would assume that from the get-go they'll follow the uh, the standards in, in in other parts of the world, which is usually something around fifteen kilometers yeah. an hour. So they're not yeah. they're not crazy fast, but they're competitive with with bicycles. But you're not going to be able to go so fast on them that if you get hit, it's going to kill you, which we've seen with 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 bicycles. Yeah. Now we did see that now. very sad incident, didn't we? Where Someone was on a, a scooter that they basically made themselves and they collided with a pedestrian who wasn't uh, looking where she was going and stepped out in front of it. But I mean, you know, it was it was tragic no matter how you look at it. Um, but yeah, you know, so obviously, and again, that's another plus point, right? If if there are uh, easily available scooters on the roads for people to use, rentals, by I mean by that, uh, then there won't be so many people going, oh, well, I'll, I'll, buy a, I'll buy one from China that doesn't have any restrictions on it. So that's probably yeah. another good thing. Well, the, the 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 downside to this, and this is this is something I, I think that everybody needs to be vigilant about when these are being tested, is that under normal circumstances, as you said earlier, London moves very very slowly because it's incredibly congested. There are lots and lots of cars and lots and lots of bicycles and lots and lots of people. However, at the moment, if you see any pictures of the roads, they are a barren, empty wasteland, uh, apart from some buses. So there is a risk that scooters will be deployed on roads and able to go much, much faster than they ordinarily uh, would. And that could potentially be problematic. It may be the exact opposite. And because there's so much more space, they can go faster, but also be further away from uh, from hazards such as people yeah. or cars. But I definitely uh, what- think that we're not going to be comparing apples to apples when we're looking at what the... Uh, the how the public use them now compared to say how the public would use them in a year's time or would have used them a year in the in in the past and that needs yeah. to be taken into account but what i would say about that is it feels like this is a good time to do it for that reason as well because it means that people will have emptier roads to contend with which means that they'll be able to get themselves to a point where they feel comfortable on the scooter uh, and they won't be so nervous. And, when, and then, you know, when the traffic starts to get busy again, they'll be a lot more in control of the device. Does that make yeah. sense? That makes complete sense. I can yeah. see it happening either way, but I just think it's something that we have to keep in mind. Sure. Uh, and, and the other thing that we have to keep in mind as well is that for some people, there is such a huge novelty aspect to um, to scooters. Um, more so, I think, than electric bikes, because people have had access to bikes r- fairly regularly for many, many years, whether public or private. 
and electric scooters are still relatively new and definitely very novel for for a lot of people and so again there's a risk that people jumping on these for the very first time particularly when they're maybe seeing empty roads and thinking hey this is an opportunity to get out there and and play around a bit maybe that will present a unfavorable image initially that could work against any kind of legislation or or it could impose much much stricter legislation that actually doesn't let the the device or, or the people who would use them sensibly flourish in the same way that maybe they otherwise would now these are all uh, things that c- could well have happened in other countries it may make no difference that we're doing it now during a lockdown than a year ago when we didn't but i just think that that there are some mitigating circumstances that I think will affect how people use a scooter and we need to at least keep those in mind when people are making legislation for better or for worse I'd love yeah. to see them on the streets if, if if controlled and if done safely and at safe speeds and with people encouraged to follow the same rules as, as cyclists and not use them as toys because that they are really fun and when something's fun it's often easy to abuse uh, for people to abuse that when they're drunk and uh, we, we've seen problems we've seen problems well, with that i mean like like as with bikes i'm not going to pretend it doesn't happen i'm not going to pretend that i haven't had a few drinks and you know got a hired bike or whatever um and and cycled but um i think i think it just requires a bit of sense doesn't it you know if you're gonna have a load of sauce and then get on a bike uh or a scooter then you're you're going to struggle and i think the police need to be super aware of that i don't know what the law is on it but uh i i don't see that it should be uh, a problem for what? them to say this is just not on well the final thing is that this the, the this the e-scooter industry for anyone who hasn't been keeping up to date with this is actually in a massive turmoil enormously there are in just tons and tons of layoffs happening around the world there are companies consolidating going out of business it's it's basically it's an absolute nightmare to be a rental a scooter rental company right now and if you want to have a look at how bad this can be go and have a look at um, some of the recent stories i've written about for bloomberg for uh, about lime if you want to see the extent of just how bad this this is are they struggling then lime i mean it's it's catastrophic you know, I mean, so in some markets, scooter companies have seen like a 98, 99% drop in customer numbers. Like no business can survive when almost 100% of their customers have stopped using their product. Like it's it's unsustainable. And it was already incredibly bad uh, in terms of unit economics running uh, a scooter company. So mm. to take them all off the road as well, it's just, it's a nightmare. So we'll include a link to that in the show notes if you want to read into it. But it's... The, the the fact that the UK, which could be such a massive market for these companies, is trialing much earlier and at a time where some of these companies are in absolute turmoil and existential mm. crisis, maybe it could be a great opportunity for them. It's certainly something I'm going to be looking into over the next few days. So maybe we'll talk about this again in a week or two. But uh, if you have any opinions on the e-scooter legislative changes being proposed, do let us know at hello at (coughs) uktechshow.com. Goodness me, I'm sorry. (coughs) Choking on my own (laughs) sign-off.
The Register wrote this week that the surge of furloughed and remote workers caused by the recent COVID-19 lockdown has had only a modest impact on the UK's broadband speeds. This was per a new report from regulator Ofcom. On average, download speeds declined by just 2% apparently in the week immediately following the imposition of the lockdown, which was UK-wide, let's let's not forget, on the 23rd of March, when compared with the week ending March the 8th. However, there is significant variation between the different providers, and the register noted this as well. Um, It said that the biggest fall was actually seen by users of Virgin Media, who saw speeds drop by about 10% in that time period, whereas EE is owned by bt it saw its broadband speeds increase ever so slightly so really quite different between the two uh, on march the 20th three days before the lockdown uh, was formally imposed at least bt reported that weekday traffic on its network was actually up between about 35 and 60 percent depending on the day and time virgin media reported similar numbers on the day of lockdown uh, after the uk schools closed and they and they said at the time that daytime traffic had soared up 90 percent again this is according still to the register's write-up now ofcom attributes this all to like the resilience being shown by broadband providers to scale but i think what would be interesting to think about is we all kind of knew or certainly expected with good good reason for believing it that a lockdown was going to happen so some of these companies would be able would have been able to go out and say we're expecting massive demand let's make sure we can cope with it whereas we've seen in the past when there have been things like gigantic game patches for things like call of duty they again have massive massive uh, spikes that aren't or certainly in the past haven't always been prepared for and have resulted in network slowdowns so there are there's a lot going on uh, it seems that broadband here has held up but we've also seen streaming providers cut bit rates so that would take um that would take usage down even if overall usage uh, in terms of number of people was going up um so i don't know it would the interesting interesting numbers i thought anyway ian or well do, interesting do and there's no clear interesting and there's no clear answer really um it seems to be all over the place uh, i mean i can tell you that my experience with virgin has been atrocious during this period uh the internet connectivity has been up and down like a yo-yo frankly it's it's been, it's but it's been beset by other problems uh speeds one issue i can live without it running at full speed although i do resent paying full price for not full speed uh, that has to be said uh, but it's it's more about you know occasional latency problems weird disconnects a lot of issues around that which i i don't understand at all um but i think it sounds to me like honestly the the networks are well enough designed uh for these companies to be able to cope relatively comfortably uh perhaps the issues are more down to the fact that engineers are less able to visit and uh and therefore problems might not be addressed as quickly as they might otherwise be that's very true i mean my overall reason for wanting to talk about this is really uh, to kind of bookend what we talked about uh, several weeks ago when the mm. lockdown was first announced which was basically whether our infrastructure nationally was going to be able to cope whether it yeah. was going to be resilient and i think the um the the numbers released by ofcom combined with our experience is that to be honest the country's held up pretty well yeah, certainly in terms of fine. the the main providers now in our live chat room john pointed out that sky broadband has had national drop-offs three times in the last month and uh, and additionally i have noticed that virgin media has had nationwide outages (laughs) 
as well, but they've been fairly short-lived, even if reasonably regular. And my speeds haven't really suffered at all. I've I've I noticed one day I was only hitting about three hundred megabits down, oh, but geez. that is, but that is still very 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 usable, and could also have been just two of my devices were downloading something big when I did the speed test. That's always possible. In general, it's been absolutely fine and great. Yeah, well, lucky you. I'm very sour about the whole thing. You know, mostly it's been fine, but, um, you know, it's annoying when it goes down or it's it's unusable or when they don't communicate what the problems are. But, you know, yeah, I suppose we should be grateful that it's operated pretty much reliably uh, without, you know, too much stress. So I suppose I am kind of grateful. You are, aren't you, mate? I can tell that underneath your thick exterior of cynicism, there is a grateful and indeed highly attractive and well-smelling individual just just desperate to get out. Yes, true. That is true. I mean, yes. Thanks, I guess. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was just a little sideways compliment because you actually smell great. I've never thought Ian smells bad. It's one of the things I miss because of this lockdown is I don't get to smell you when you walk past one tries after all i mean it's it is it's, it's worth trying to you know maintain a decent odor isn't it for the sake mm. of others as much as my own sanity uh, mike in the chat said he's had a reasonable experience with virgin media uh his router did give out but they got an engineer within four days i um i'm very conscious of the fact that my router probably needs to be replaced it's it's definitely um less reliable than it used to be i wish virgin would just let me buy my own cable modem really because i'm sure i could get something a lot better than what they provide but of course they don't i'd like to see offcom look at that as well at some point i don't think it's reasonable that you should be forced into using their equipment when there's really no reason it is a global standard after all i have to say i don't know what my current router is it's a virgin provided one it'd and be it's the a three right i actually really like it uh. the speed for me the speeds have been have been great i mean i hardwire a few things on my my mac and my gaming pc are both hardwired but the speeds are pretty good it doesn't drop out and i have yeah. a lot of devices here i think i think they, they i don't think they i think they have problems with age they definitely don't last forever um, and i've had mine a relatively long time i guess and no, who knows it might not have been new when i got it i'm sure they rarely are um but also it was, it was built on a very bad chipset it was built on an intel processor that's just terrible um and they've they've not worked as they should have done since the start it's there's a, a vulnerability to them whereby it takes a very very small amount of um inbound malicious packets to knock them off uh offline in fact i think i saw one thing that said it was as little as a megabit per second of the right kind of packets would take that router down so if you get ddos then it's bad um I, they did do patches and stuff like that but fundamentally it's built on a bad chipset everyone knows it's a bad chipset virgin has a new one that they roll out when you get gigabit uh, uh but there's no plans currently to release that onto the lower tiers which which is a shame because they're, they're causing themselves problems frankly the, the, the fact that that modem is is cac uh is is a bad sign and they and they should look at you know getting new ones out to people especially those of us on faster products um speaking of gigabit would you like to know something uh that annoyed me recently i'd love to yeah i feel like it's been all me being annoyed today and uh, i'd love to hear about your irritations i had a 
email that my mother passed to me sure. from Openreach saying that her little hamlet in Buxton or near Buxton in Derbyshire has been wired up with fibre to the premises. <laughs> That's a gigabit down yeah. on some providers um, at a hell of a cost, I may add. Yeah. But it is very, very annoying that my mum's little hamlet is now able to get gigabit fibre to the premises and were I'm they, stuck here on, on a paltry uh, 400 megabits down. Were they struggling before to get good quality broadband? Yeah, it's, uh, to use your term just now, CAC. They, yeah. uh, she uses a microwave connection. Oh, really? Uh, on, on the side of the house, yeah. Well, you see, that makes sense then, doesn't it? Like, I mean, you can sort of see the logic behind that. If, if you've got places where they haven't had good broadband for a really long time, there's lots of people there paying a lot of money... If you're a company, you think, well, actually, wiring that up would mean that all of those people would switch from those more expensive providers. They'd view our product as more affordable and better value for money. They'll jump on it. Um, mm. So actually, you can sort of see that it makes financial sense. And also, you know, if you've been suffering from ropey bo- broadband for the last 10 years, you probably do a break, frankly. So I kind of support it. Everyone in the chat room has broadband that seems significantly slower than mine, so I now feel kind of guilty whinging well, you, uh, about I mean, you're not gigabit. whinging, but you, I mean, I admit that you, I'm sure everyone would like gigabit. I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't mind my broadband when it works properly. 200 megabits is probably about as fast as I particularly need at the moment. I'm not saying I wouldn't take faster, but I'm also not really prepared to, you know, put any more money into it frankly um but you know yeah most people most people on bt products are not getting over 80 megabits per second are they and that's probably fast enough for most people but you know virgin customers are almost all on 100 meg so charlotte in the chat room says her internet is fine but when she's uploading instagram videos uh, the whole internet dies now that could very easily be the router uh, rather than just the internet connection because some of those routers are just completely incapable of dealing with a maxed out connection and you may very easily max out your upload um, yeah, sending um, up vi- big videos. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of something that will bring down my router absolutely guaranteed and that's if you fire up a torrent client to download a selection of uh, Linux distributions you know um, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and if you have too many connections on that it will absolutely floor um a virgin root modem couldn't say whether it does it to other things but i've uh, i've i've tested that with uh, a series of linux distributions interesting yeah. um well uh, <laughs> um also john in the live chat says for me i want faster upload this all goes to the same yep. point that i think we're all making is that actually our download speeds are perfectly fine but we all suffer when it comes to uploads which frankly is more important now than it's ever been thanks to cloud yeah. and backing up and social media and streaming and facetime video calls chats and yeah zoom calls it's um it's it's a it's it's a global issue for the majority of people at least those with even uh moderately decent downstreams it's uh it's a it's a source of constant complaints but let us know any of your constant complaints you know where to send them it's hello at uktechshow.com you can put whatever you want in the subject line i'm going to open the email anyway but you might as well put broadband if your email is about broadband
I've titled this third and final section, uh, well, third and final for our free show, but third but penultimate for our extended uh, full show um, for patrons. I've just called it This Week in Chat because we didn't do a show last week simply because the news was depressing and monotonous and boring and all to do with COVID. And although there have been many COVID tangents to this week's show, there was at least enough for us to get excited about that it made a show worth doing. So I thought rather than not do a show this week or do one at a truncated length, why not talk about something we have done that involves tech that's a bit gadgety, a bit geeky, uh, and, and see if that stimulates some people's brain cells, which I'm sure it may. So I have two things that I was going to point out that I have done this week. One is because of a thing I've bought and one because of a thing that I sort of bought because it's an app, but it's let me do something new. Uh, And I'm going to start with that one. It is a app for my iPad called, uh, forgotten what it's called, actually. It's called OneCast, I believe. And what it is, is it lets you play your Xbox One remotely on an iPad in in your own house, admittedly, but it means that Kate can watch whatever she wants to watch earlier on today i was doing it with grand designs while she was watching grand designs i was checking out uh fallout 76 uh, again and it works great because you connect the xbox controller still to the xbox and the, the ipad is effectively acting like a remote desktop with the exception that you can use an on-screen controller so you don't have to use the xbox controller so you can go and sit in another room it plays sound as well as video the picture quality is decent it's certainly highly playable the lag is very low uh, on my testing and the app cost about 12 quid which is quite a lot for many apps admittedly but well... if you're going to use it a fair bit 12 quid to be able to play xbox on your ipad pretty good i think and i, I certainly will be um uh, I'm certainly not seeking a refund for my twelve pounds. Well, does that mean that re really our conversation with, about gear tactic, gears tactics, you might be now in a position to play that? Yes, it would because I mean I can play it on on the PC because I have Steam and I can do I, I on a daily basis pretty much I play PC games on my iPad through the Steam link. I don't even have a monitor plugged into my gaming PC. It sits on top of my gaming PC, but it's plugged into an Apple TV that I play in the office. The actual gaming PC doesn't have a monitor. Mm. Everything is remote desktop. Um, so uh, so, I, so I'm used to that as a, as a workflow. It's just I didn't realize that it was also possible to do it on a console. So any console game that I now want to play that I just don't want to have to necessarily sit and play on a sofa, I can play on an iPad. I could play in the bath. I could play Gears 5 in a bath, which is could you? pretty... Is pretty... the iPad waterproof? No, but I just simply play it above... The water. The water line. Yeah, sure, but accidents happen. You're slippery. I am. Wet. I know, and I know that you have first-hand experience of this, but that's for a very different show. <laughs> um, the chat room is asking what the minimum specs for this are. Um, the Xbox is need, uh, needs to be hardwired. I don't know if that is a mandatory requirement, but it's certainly a very heavily enforced suggestion that it should be hardwired by Ethernet. The Wi-Fi is just 802.11n or AC, so most modern routers should be able to deal with that. And the, the, the quality is, is, is pretty decent. It actually is officially supported in as much as the Xbox natively lets you stream to other devices. It's just, it's normally limited to Windows 10 devices. So what the app does is essentially says, 
I am a Windows 10 device, and then the Xbox streams to it fine. And oh, the app's okay. been out for, for quite a long time, so it doesn't seem like Microsoft has any issue well, doing this. And it's not why really in it? their interest, is it? Yeah, exactly. Like they, they want people to enjoy their consoles. They, they make money when people buy games, and people who are able to play games wherever they want are more likely to buy games. Yeah, I mean, this this massively opens up my interest in, in doing more with my Xbox because, as I said, most of my gaming I do on the iPad and I like using Steam Link because then I have access to my Steam library as well as my iOS library and I can use the same controller no matter which platform I'm using. To now be able to extend that to the Xbox is, is, is great because I, I pay for Xbox Game Pass and... Um, yeah. I have a couple of friends that mostly only play consoles. So so that's been Boo. one of the things that I've been do- doing recently. Uh, the other is I bought two new lenses for my Sony A7R2. Ah, nice. I bought a lovely macro lens, a Sony ah, macro. Good. And I bought a lovely fisheye, which I've been wanting for ages. Is it, I mean, is it years, a legit Because I've always loved fisheye. Well, it's a 12 mil f2.4, so it's bloody good What's it's very one? wide i think mine's I 14 know. to 24 my nikon i love that lens so much yeah it's a it's not a zoom lens it's 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 prime and it's also manual yeah. focus but that actually reduced the cost compared to some of the others but the sharpness is incredible it's it's yeah. made by a company called samyang which is a korean oh, right. company and i've had one of their lenses before and was impressed the reviews for this one look pretty good it's really good. I have to say I'd buy, well, I have bought two Samyang lenses now and I would buy a third if I had need to. Um, so I've been really getting into extremes of photography, macro on the one end and uh, and fisheye on oh, the other. You'll get some great pet photos with fisheye. Like that's, I already have, mate. Yeah, that's, oh, you have ones. to put, put some in the, uh, in the Discord chat. That would be great to see. Um, okay. I, lo- I, love a, I love a good lens. And you know what? I, I, was th- I thought the other week... Uh, I'd really, I, I have. It's been a while since I bought a lens, and I've, I suppose I've got most thing covered. I've got, um, I've got a, a sixty mil macro, which is um, good as a sort of portrait lens and good as a macro lens. That needs to be repaired. It's got a uh, the plastic ring that adjusts whether or not it's manual or automatic focus. I think is is uh, cracked, so it's a little bit more difficult to use. It's not impossible. I've also got the what is it 7200 which everyone uh, and this is this is what makes me laugh about cameras you know read enough information on the internet and you will get absolutely nowhere in your lens buying per, you know purchasing choice because everyone will have something bad to say about the lens you're thinking of and i got um on ebay a few years ago that nikon lens because they're very expensive they're uh 1600 quid for a new one maybe more and i thought well i don't have the money for that i i, I need the lens it's uh, it was at the time it was a part of the way I made money. Do you do you remember when I, I did um, New Scientist Live? I was like a social reporter um, and did a, and did loads of stuff on the, sh- at the show. I I do yeah. I bought the I bought the lens then actually, um, and it was it came in immediately useful on that uh, on that on those days. So I was very glad to have it. Um, and what's the other one I've got? I've got oh yeah, and the, and the fourteen to twenty four. I think it is Nikon, which is not a fisheye. It's it's relatively stable at the outer width, um, but it is one of their nicest lenses, um, and I love it. But I've uh, I've not, and I was trying to think about what I would buy next. I suppose maybe an eighty-five, as you know, like a prime. Yeah, that's 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 decent. I mean, we should get Andy on if we were going to talk about yeah, camera we should lenses. actually we should get him at, on anyway. At, I miss that guy. In fact, 
John John literally typed the same thing at the same time in the chat room. Should get Andy on. Yes, we 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 should do that. Um, but with it, before we bore people who aren't interested in lenses um, anymore, do you um have you been done anything? Bought any interesting tech? Used anything in a new <laughs> and exciting way? I mean, yes. Yes, I have. Um, I, I mean, it's been, it's been very much a, a period of experimentation, hasn't it? This whole thing, because you know, like I've got, I'm at home a lot. Um, you know, if I'm at work during the day, if I've, if I, if I want a ten minute break, I can often just do something. So this I, is all going a bit Pornhub, mate. No, keep it, um, keep it PG. Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the things I tried the other day. Uh, so to to explain the situation very briefly, without boring everyone to death. The, the, this flat is rented, obviously, and the broadband when I got here came into a cupboard at the end of the hall. Uh, and in there is all the AV equipment. Like, they, they'd wired HDMI to the lounge and stuff like that. There's speaker cables going to every room, uh, essentially, uh, which is quite a nice setup. But the, having the broadband in there was not ideal because I wanted to wire it. I won't use broadband Wi-Fi. I just hate it. Uh, not on my computer. I mean, obviously, I don't plug a cable into my phone. That would be absurd. Um, and they and they ran a cable into the the off, the room where I have my computer, uh, and unfortunately, it is uh, it has been unproperly improperly wired, so it only does a uh, hundred megabit, which is nowhere near fast enough. It's ridiculous. It's like a ten megabyte transfer speed, and I'm like I'm having none of this. So what I did instead was I I I tried wiring doing things wirelessly. So between the computer and that cupboard is now uh, a set of BT discs, which allow me to get sort of five times that speed over wireless but they're a bit unreliable so I, the other day i tried a, diff, a bunch of different stuff that i've got knocking around and i could not get any of it to work the only thing that does the job properly without fuss is the bt discs i've got to say those bt discs are pretty good i i, I almost hate to admit it uh but they're they are re they're rebranded aren't they probably it's, it's, i mean they don't they didn't a company invent that makes them that i think bt badged they've yeah. rebadged it you fool well, that, that's what they do with everything i mean they don't make anything do they but yeah it's no uh, I, I know but I, I mean like i think you can buy them as a different brand quite possibly product i well. mean it's only I because be, i had I them wrong. i did i did a roundup of a bunch of the, these kind of things mesh networks some time ago and the bt one's the only one that does it out the box without faffing and i couldn't i tried literally two other systems uh, a d-link and uh linksys and neither of them would do that point-to-point -point thing that i need very specifically um, they just it just they just wouldn't communicate, and I, I was getting really frustrated with it. So that was one thing I did. Uh, the other thing I'm considering, and this is the most boring thing in the world, and I apologise for it, is buying an articulated monitor stand so I can clear up a little bit of space on my desk because I have an Asus monitor, and it the stands that Asus packages with its monitors are amongst the most stupid you've ever seen. It, uh, they they take up loads of space and achieve absolutely nothing. I mean, I suppose they give it as a low center of gravity. Uh, you know, they, they they make it so it's stable, but at the same time, they they take up all of the desk, it, all of it. You so, know what? An art articulated stands is something I have recently found a a love uh, for. I bought I bought two of them made by Ugreen, and I use it with my iPad either as a second monitor next to my my mac when i'm working or it's the reason why gaming on the ipad is is decent for me because i actually just have one in front of me and i just move it closer to my face yeah instead of instead of having a large tv further away from my face so i've got two what? and and we're almost on the brink of buying a third because kate uses them now in her office as well well if, great. You, if you want to uh, if you want to get something that's really good and and, and we'll, it will cost you some real money 
and I'm talking hundreds. Uh, there's a company called Human Scale that makes um, arms and uh, furniture, it appears, and they are uh, chef's kiss. Mwah. Beautiful, um, really stylish, and probably will hold a good load, if you see what I mean, without wishing to make this a E podcast. Yes. Um, well, we've had an interesting few things in the chat room that people have been buying. But people buying a lot of Apple products, which shows the nature of our listenership. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to pick out John, who said he has bought something. It's 35 quid, and it is a little Amazon uh, mini blink security camera, which he uses for spotting when Amazon delivery drivers are approaching when he's in the garden, which is an incredibly meta purchase, if you think about it. Mm. Buying something from Amazon branded to spot Amazon branded people. Um, but that's great. And um, Richard in the chat room didn't say he was incredibly stupid, but I assume he meant to say that because he bought a Dyson hair dryer. <laughs> now, I've used I've used one of those Dyson hair dryers because my friend Lexi has one, and I'll tell everyone what I told her. It's an overpriced hair dryer. You shouldn't have bought it. Yes. But I hope you took great joy from the purchase because, you know, it is at least nice looking, even if it is functionally functionally um useless bad value i i mean mm. i wouldn't i wouldn't support that man he's now the richest man in the uk oh well that's funny how that worked out for him isn't it anyway moving on yes well he certainly moved on um <laughs> that that will do it for this week's news unless you're a patron and listening to the long version because then we have an entire other story in a minute uh, but for everybody else let's hear some music or something you're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. now need to check in with Mr. Tom Merritt of Daily Tech News Show and hear what's been going on in the wider world of global tech. Tom. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Charlotte Henry helped us wrap our heads around your UK contact tracing app approach. We analyzed Twitter's new approach to battling COVID-19 misinformation, talk about how to have good etiquette on video conference calls. Chris Mancini took a look at whether we'll go back to the theaters or just stay streaming at home. And we looked up close at the new US trade restrictions on Huawei and TSMC's new US factory. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. That is going to do it for this week, Ian. I hope you're well and staying safe and happy and yeah, I've been completely lost my mind, obviously. But you know, apart from that, I'm alive and healthy. I've eaten too many sausages. Um, oh, that's the problem. Uh, I what s- is your sausage brand of choice, by the way? Well, um, I've recently been. Um, what are they called? I'd have to go to the kitchen to answer this question. There's a there's a there's a brand that makes a decent sausage. It's um, Heck, it, it might be actually. Yeah, it might be. Black Farmer. No, I think it might be Heck. Heck is a ninety-seven percent 
uh, pork ah, uh, right, sausage. Okay. Yes, that, that's, good. that's quite good. It's a great sausage. That's what I get. I love I love the heck. Um, you know, it, they're an independent as well, so you're not giving any money to big sausage, <laughs> big sausage. so to speak. <laughs> um, but the other good one that I like is um, is Black Farmer. Black Farmer right. make a great sausage. Both are gluten free as well. So for those of you who are gluten avoiders, then um, <laughs> then then they're a good one. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. Well, number of people who are gluten intolerant is is quite small. Not that I'm saying that's not a good reason, but also. If you can't tell, then why is there gluten in there? Doesn't need to be, does it? Apparently not. No, heck no. is a great sausage. Yes. Well, if you would like to tell us what sausage you have been eating recently, do obviously send it to the usual place. Hello at UKTechShow.com. And with a bit of luck, we will see you with a dollop of ketchup. And it must be Heinz. And it must be refrigerated next week. 